relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. I get very salty when people call America First a podcast because, hey, it's radio. It's terrestrial. It's broadcasting across the nation to hundreds of stations, millions of listeners. But truth be told, you can also listen to us on a podcast, and I do like podcasts, but not very many of them. Just a handful, especially from people who, well, know how to tell a story. A couple that have one of the best podcasts probably the best podcast in America out there, invited me to come on their show, to interview me. And I waited breathlessly for months. I thought they'd left me on the cutting room floor. And then they published the episode, and I listened to it. And I was shocked, because it didn't have much to do with me at all, at least in the beginning. But it was the best telling of my father's story that anyone has ever told, better than I have told in my books. And I want to just play a little of this story to explain why we're going to be talking about the art of telling stories in a very special America First one-on-one. Go ahead. In 1945, when the war ended, Dr. Gorka's father was just 15 years old. And then in 48, when the communists took over, he was you know, 18 years old and he started college. While at university, he joined an underground Christian students' organization. He started to get vocal, speaking out against the communist takeover of the country. And my father, as a, a young man, said, this is wrong. We were promised freedom in Yalta. He resisted. His underground Christian group decided to take action. They managed to get in touch with British intelligence have a courier send information they were collecting on the Soviets, but sadly it arrived on the desk of Kim Philby. Kim Philby was the head of the anti-Soviet arm of the British Secret Intelligence Service, known as MI6. He was also a double agent who passed along top-secret information to the Soviet Union for over 30 years. When the information landed on Philby's desk, he turned over Dr. Gorga's father and his anti-communist colleagues to the Soviet Union. And so all eight of my father's colleagues were betrayed. The courier was murdered and they were put on a show trial. His father was just 20 years old. He was arrested, tortured and given a life sentence. Two years in solitary, two years down a prison coal mine. But then an unexpected event changed his father's fate. Students, workers, writers, fathers, soldiers and even some mothers grabbed whatever they could. Hunting rifles, Molotov cocktails, homemade bombs, any weapon they could get their hands on and took to the streets like a spontaneous militia to fight the Soviet military and Hungarian security forces aligned with them. They captured and lynched Hungarian communist leaders and then set their sights on freeing political prisoners, including Dr. Gorka's father, Paul. But the Hungarian uprising was short-lived. 
Twelve days later, the heavy hand of Russian tanks entered Budapest to squelch these freedom fighters. After just a few days, it became clear that the Soviet forces were going to recapture the city and the nation. So many of the freed anti-communist political prisoners fled the country, including Dr. Gorka's father. He was liberated by, by the freedom fighters, and he was asked by an older gentleman to take his 17-year-old daughter out of the country to freedom. They managed to hide under a railway carriage across a minefield into free Austria as refugees. They ended up in the UK and eventually uh, were married, and those were my parents. They took me, low-energy interview in the basement of my apartment, and they spun around it a woven fabric of a real story with research, with music, and with just storytelling expertise. And I am so excited to have them back on the show. They are the hosts of Red Pilled America, Adriana Cortez and Patrick Corelci. Welcome back, my friends. So happy to be back. So happy to be here. So I have a long list of questions my wife gave me this morning because I said, I'm going to have them on the show. What do I ask them? What do they ask them? Um, So we're going to get busy. We're going to cram a lot of information into this next hour. But first things first, go to redpilledamerica.com. Now, I, I vouch safe to you. You will not regret it. Every single one of you out there. I don't do this, okay, with regularity. In fact, I think I've done it once before for my buddy, Andrew Claven. You need to go right now to redpilledamerica.com, subscribe, become a member, go to the podcast platform of your choice, and follow them on redpilled underscore USA. I guarantee for you, you will not regret it, because these are storytellers par excellence, and more important than that, they're also warriors. Okay. First things first. And this is, I'm going to geek out here because this is the stuff I care about. This is why we have (laughs) this third hour of the show. The third hour of the show is long form. I love long form radio. I grew up on it listening to the BBC as a kid, you know, 40 years ago when it was still, you know, a real media platform. Um, Here in America, I was blessed to be on John Batchelor's show doing long form radio for years before I, I got this show. So this is why we dedicate the third hour of the show to long form. Here's the first question, because you guys are the experts. Why does long-form media, long-form interviews, impact the culture so? Uh, You know, I think it's something inbred in the human condition that – you know, we well one. In, I'm going to put it in the in the context of storytelling. I think there's something in the human condition that we store information via stories. I think it's something that you know man has figured out pretty early on. If you read the Bible and what have you, it's it's packed chock full of stories. It's just how we retain information, and I think that is part of the reason why. Uh, that happens. I mean, in, in, in living in today, you know, so many people thought that the social media thing with this kind of short attention span and just brief clips was going to be it was going to kind of wipe away storytelling. I think Hollywood got a little bit nervous about that. And it's definitely taken its chunk and it's and it's uh, taken a little bit of its you know attention away from from maybe long form storytelling. But I think in general, uh, in the long run, it's just how we we store information and it's how we we remember things and it's how we connect with one another. Uh, I, I, that's kind of the. Yeah. My, and my how really on. we changed uh, hearts and minds. 
really through through long form and through really really good stories that, that touch so many things throughout the story so many highs so many lows yeah people really I think they want to they, they get emotionally connected I mean I you know I've, all of us kind of have grown up listening to either rush or kind of these kind of you know people kind of that are very good at storytelling um, and it's just for whatever reason you just kind of I mean look at Walt Disney I mean the yeah. guy was a was a legend and he understood it and he understood the power of it and the power to uh, to kind of create an American ideal uh, but it also can be used in ways that I think the the left and, and Hollywood has been using for kind of nefarious uh, reasons for and nefarious intentions for decades now so it has a there's a power for good and there's a power for evil and, and I think it's something you take into account. And give us a glimpse behind the curtain, Adriana, because I, I'm still blown away. I mean, my best friend listened to the episode and he said, I've never heard your, your family story like that. You, how much work was you? Fa I mentioned uh, some radio host I listened to as a kid in London 40 years ago, and you found clips of him that I've been looking for and couldn't find. How much work was it for you to produce that one episode? It was a good amount of work, but I have to say, I have to give credit to Patrick on this one. He really did all of the the heavy, most of the heavy lifting uh, on the research. He is a, a master of research, but it is, it's incredibly time consuming. And a lot of the times we'll interview people and it takes us months and months to, to come up with something that we feel is 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 worthy to put to put on live and to share with listeners yeah i mean especially you know you we we think you're a legend uh, dr g and so when you do that kind of thing there's a lot of responsibility associated mm -hmm. with with putting out a story like that and so you sit on it for a while and we've sat on stories for quite some time because we just want to make sure we get it right you get good at research you kind of know how to search for things and um you, I mean, there's the tools that we have now. I mean, could we have told that story 10 years ago, 15 it years ago? Been I don't know. It would have been yeah, hard. It would have been, yeah, it would have been really hard. So I, I just have to say, full disclosure, and thank you for the compliments. About four months after the interview, I kind of gave up. I said, these guys, <laughs> they, they drunk the Kool-Aid. They went to Wikipedia. They hate me. And I'm going to ask them one more time. And I, asked, I waited about six weeks, and I asked one more time. And boop! It dropped, and it's incredible. Guys, they are <laughs> they're legends in their own lifetimes as well. Adriana Cortez, uh, Patrick Corelci of Red Pilled America. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is the long form, the third hour of America first one-on-one. -on -one. If you enjoy this form as much as we together with our guests love it, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. So look for me, Sebastian Gorka, America First. Uh, give us a five-star review. Share the links with your friends. And if you've had it with political persecution in America, stand with my former boss, God willing, the 45th and 47th President of the United States. We put his booking photograph on a yard sign, on a T-shirt, on a mug with a very simple phrase, Trump 2024. Get yours today, sebgorkastore.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A, sebgorkastore.com.
America is at a tipping point. Sebastian Gorka here to tell you about a new movie you have to see. Dinesh D'Souza's Police State exposes the government's relentless persecution of the conservative MAGA movement. The America we know and love is becoming more and more like a police state every day. The FBI has turned its eyes away from the real dangers in the world to target what they call domestic terrorists with a totalitarian agenda that's treating conservative Americans like criminals. They're targeting their political opponents using mass surveillance and censorship, indoctrinating our children and threatening families with military-style raids on our homes, threatening people like you and me who speak our minds and stand up for freedom of speech, freedom of religion, our God-given American liberties. Directed by Dinesh D'Souza, Debbie D'Souza and Bruce Shuley. Police state sounds the alarm. If you demand your freedom, they're coming after you. How did we get here? And how do we turn the tide of this tyrannical government's agenda? You have to see this movie, Police State. Buy it or stream it now at policestatefilm.net. That's policestatefilm.net. Did you miss out? Are you feeling jealous? Did you want to come with us to Israel, to the Holy Land last year? We only took 350 of our dearest, closest friends, our listeners from America First. But it's okay if you missed out. We've got something for you next summer. It's called the Patriots Cruise to Alaska. I've never been to Alaska. I'm taking Katie and a couple of extra special guests with me. You don't want to miss it. We're going to revel in the majesty of God's creation. We're going to talk about the challenges of the day, geopolitics, conflict, and whether we can save our republic. June 29th to July 6th next year, the Patriots Alaska Cruise. Find out more. Reserve your tickets because you know it's a it's a ship, right? So there's like a limited number. You can't hang on the outside. Go to sebgorka.com. That's S-E-B-G-O-R-K-A. Sebgorka.com and check out the cruise for Patriots next year. Okay. Um you understand the importance of this form, the long form, in and of itself, because I think you're right. I've kind of come to the conclusion that stories themselves are like a, a fuel for humans. It's, it's why we tell our children bedside stories. It's why we watch movies. Can you explain with your background in Hollywood, in California, that it's not just about long-form radio, but how long-form stories... You know, the 9,000-word article in, in The New Yorker or the popular novel that came out five years ago. The long-form stories, Patrick and Adriana, these things will become the commercial movies that will dominate culture or now, you know, the, the binge-watching TV shows. This stuff is really important, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I think that you kind of you touched on something that I think that a lot of people don't quite see. Hollywood and the left understand this kind of the source material aspect of things. Yeah. It kind of started with novels and then it kind of moved into when magazines started to become a big thing. Then it was long form stories in in magazines. You have, uh, you know, huge, huge movies, Saturday Night Fever and Dog Day Afternoon and and things like that that came out of magazines because uh, that ended up being the source material. And then it kind of once the podcast thing started happening, that started be the, being the next kind of uh, mining field for for storytelling. And the left really understands that in a way that the right, I just don't, I don't think I've heard anyone besides just you right now kind of really tap into that. It's something they, 
vastly understand. And it's why they, in many ways, you know, in the audio format, the right kind of dominated that for decades. And it's just been over the course of the last maybe five years or so that the left has started to make a foothold into the audio format because, well, one, they control many of the the, the big tech platforms that you know pump this stuff out there. But two is that they really see that, okay, this could be kind of a way that we can get into the audio format and uh, and kind of dig in a little bit to what uh, what the right has been doing. And so they've been producing, you know, more and more audio format uh, as a result of that. But it, it is it's a plumbing area. It's a way for you to kind of try out ideas in, in a way that is not as uh, expensive. You know, you kind of almost like doing product tests kind of rise to the mm -hmm. top uh they those, those are the ones they kind of take uh, up uh, you know a lot of like we work the we work show came out of a we work podcast there's a we work right. they're, they're, they're doing a beta uh, they're doing a beta test in a you know magazine article and then if it flies then it can be optioned become a tv show or what have you i mean you you guys as conservatives you, you were living out there you were in california you were waking up to just how monotonous and, and monolithic it had become let me ask you adriana what, what did what happened to conservatives? Did they get pushed out of of popular culture, or did they surrender? What did you witness? Did, did we not pay attention, or were we? Because you've done some amazing episodes on what happened to Hollywood in the thirties, the forties, and fifties. Is it really our fault? Were they smarter than us, or were we just kind of lazy? I think what we witnessed firsthand is there are definitely conservatives in Hollywood, but they have become so afraid to to speak out because they absolutely will be uh, blacklisted. And we saw that firsthand. I mean, I cannot tell you how many, um, you know, big wigs in Hollywood have reached out to us and they listen to Red Pilled America regularly, but they're terrified that if they, they come out, they'll never work again. It, it's really become a serious problem in, in Hollywood. But I still encourage everyone to to come out and to to find your tribe and, and to join us. Yeah. And there is like <clears throat> it came. I think it happened in the late 60s or so when they really start. It was after the blacklist, after the Hollywood blacklist. You know, we've talked about this with you before when they ha they kind of were able to flip the, the script and kind of uh, put the blacklist on the right. Uh, because they were actually, the left was actually, when they started taking over uh, unions. Uh, no, th this is really Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
important. Will, will you reiterate this? So, you know, the, the story yeah. is, oh, oh, the, the poor, poor socialists were blacklisted by McCarthy and his nasty, nasty acolytes in, in Congress and in Hollywood. But in fact, the obverse happened, didn't it, Patrick? Well, yeah. And the interesting thing is, is this is also shows the power of storytelling. If you watch one of these kind of uh, I think Trumbo is one yeah. that tells the story of the Hollywood blacklist. I had already known fully that the history of Hollywood and how the blacklist happened, this, the quote unquote Hollywood blacklist. Uh, and I was watching Trumbo and in and, and knowing the story, it still kind of made me feel like, oh, I felt kind of bad for these guys. Uh, that's because, how because it's go, it goes back to what we is. mentioned earlier. They know how to pluck the emotional heartstring. Yes, even exactly. if it's a lie, they're, they're plucking your heartstring. One hundred percent. But they're just. It happened to be that the the communist Hollywood. There's a lot of communist infiltration into Hollywood. They took over these unions and started to push people out. Started to uh, get them, you know, out of their jobs. Like, people that had, you know, incredible success in Hollywood. And so there's a small group of Hollywood uh, conservatives that basically said, you know what, Uh, we need to fight against this. And they put together a group that was similar to the Friends of Abe group that kind of became popular in the late mid to late 2000s. And so they started to ask, uh, go to D.C. and say, we've been infiltrated. We these people are taking over our industry. Please look into us. They're blacklisting us. Yeah. We are not being allowed to work because they are blacklisting us. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so that's where the blacklist came. And we we don't just like guess on this thing. I mean, we talked to Orson Bean, who is a legend in Hollywood. And that's he, that's Andrew Breitbart's the late Andrew Breitbart's father in law. Yes. Yes. Right. We interviewed him for a story we did for Breitbart and then it ended up becoming a part of an episode that we did uh, for Red Pilled America. And he told us, yeah, I was blacklisted then because they thought that I was a commie. But I'll tell you that that the left was blacklisting the right before that even started. That's where it came from. So he, I mean. They've done, I'm just going to break in here because you've done multi-part episodes on what really happened on Hollywood. Please, uh, we're celebrating. I didn't even, I didn't even mention, I forgot. Is it five years of Red Pill? Five years. Five Five years years last week, the anniversary. Happy anniversary to Adriana Cortez and our buddy. Patrick Corelci, Red Pilled America. Go right now, redpilledamerica.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First. Uh, if you want to keep up to date with everything we provide here at America First, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're everywhere that matters except those fascists at YouTube. So just look for Seb Gorka or Sebastian Gorka on Truth Social, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Parler, Get a Telegram. You can watch us. Yes, we're a televisual feast on your Roku, your Fire Stick, or the Salem News, News Channel app. And don't forget, my Substack for unique content from me and access to me, SebastianGorka.substack.com. That's my whole name is one word, SebastianGorka.substack.com. Whether it's the regular Hellcat or whether it's the compensated RDP with that miniature red dot, I love a ball. How did it take so long to invent a factory compensated subcompact 9mm Well, guess what? Springfield did it, and I'm a huge fan. And I'm Sebastian Gorka. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory is still the smallest, highest-capacity micro-compact in the world. Available in standard or optics-ready configurations, the class-leading capacity of the Hellcat gives you 11 plus 1 with the standard magazine and 13 plus 1 with the included extended mag. 
The definitive concealed carry pistol is here. The Hellcat from Springfield Armory gives you the capacity to defend. All right, so I, I mentioned the uh, five-year anniversary. God bless you for being the amazing success, the overnight five-year success that you have been. <laughs> um, you look smashing. I haven't even mentioned. She is wearing this most splendiferous fedora, and he is wearing a, a kind of MAGA America First hat, but in this very delicate, accursive text. I, I'm going to have to uh, DM you later to find out where you got that. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get a little bit... Um, braggadocious let's let's brag a bit you you are courageous you're not just good at telling stories you're courageous what you what you've done recently with um your deep dive investigation of the sound of freedom movie and tim ballard is uh, (laughs) very few people of any political ilk would do the research you've done Uh, let me ask you in the last five years let's start with you adriana what story or stories have made the biggest impact or maybe surprised you with the impact that they made after you published them? I would say probably a story that we did with Scott Adams called Let There Be Light. Uh, that story was was very, very well received by the audience. Uh, that's the one that yeah, comes to mind. Yeah, tell us about it. it. Uh, it's it's basically um, uh, it's a great great story. It's with Scott Adams. He's he's I, the, I, he's the uh, guy behind Dilbert. Dilbert, that's yeah. right. He's the Dilbert cartoonist, um, and in it we we tell a short story from, by Isaac Asimov that that's incredibly touching. And when I read the story, I don't want to give too much away, so I don't want to say it. It's okay. called Let There Be Light this episode. But uh, the first time I ever read it when we were recording at the end of it, when I give the punchline, I burst into tears. It, it's incredibly emotional and, and touching. And it's it's really just a beautiful story. It's really a story about um, uh, it was one of the stories that grabbed me and brought me back to God. Mm-hmm. I considered myself agnostic for many years and uh, went and studied uh, physics for a while. I had a I, I had a, another path where I was going to potentially become a professor. I got a master's in mechanical. I, it's actually I say applied physics, but it's actually mechanical engineering. But applied physics sounds better. Um, <laughs> and I. And I kind of started seeing science in a way, and I was like, God, how can someone not believe in God when you get this deep yeah. into science? Right. And so uh, years later, uh, that, you know, the kind of the simulation started to get really kind of hot on the left. And it started actually making them think, well, is there a creator? If you're talking about a simulation, then there's a creator. So it's kind of the story of the simulation. It's kind of also where we get our name, Red Pilled America, from from this kind of, uh, you know, either from the Matrix or or Total Recall before that, um, that used this red pill as a kind of a as a, a, a symbol of truth. And so, yeah, we we told that story, and it was it was surprising how emotional we got mm-hmm. but, reading but that, but it. But that's impact on you, and I was going to ask you that later, but... What has had the most impact externally? Is it the Tim Ballard, the uncovering of all the strange things around that story and the, mm-hmm. the lack of truth? What, 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 has, what, what has got you most reaction? I would well, that one has definitely been probably the most downloaded as well. The, the Let There Be Light. But I would say, as far as like reaction, like from a media perspective, there was that one, the the one you just mentioned, the the uh, it's called uh, the, the 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 one the investigation of Tim Ballard. There was also we did one where we did a deep dive into some accusations about Kamala Harris, 
and her, uh, you know, her time as uh, the attorney general yeah. in California. And we delved into this story about this man that was put into jail and had a, you know, very kind of had a moment where he could have potentially uh, been free or at least had a had a retrial that probably would have set him free. Uh, and so we d dug into that case. And I would say that that was also another one where we got some, you know, some reaction from the public, some kind of surprising reaction, um, because it was a tough, also kind of a deep dive, really had to look into court documents, had to talk with specialists and and uh, and what have you to kind of see if this man was wrongly accused and uh, kind of completely dispels the idea that Kamala Harris is is somehow um you know, uh, not, you know, friendly to the African-American community, let's put it that way. Right. Uh, and, and so that was, I'd say, one of the stories that kind of really, um, yeah. that kind of stood, stood out I for us. The, the episodes, if I'm being honest, that really get the biggest reaction from the audience are our personal stories, always. which always surprises me, by the way. I, I always find that very, very interesting. We, yeah, we just put out an email mm -hmm. on that recently, and we asked our audience what they wanted to hear. And I'm always kind of like, why the heck? Why would you want to hear about us but we get that we that's was almost yeah. like you know the the dominant one and so I, I i think that is really the beauty of of a show like ours and any anytime you kind of especially when there's no visual and you have this audio format where you can kind of imagine like yes. things yes. in your mind and you can yeah. kind of create these this own imagery and i think people have heard us now for five years and they're like you know they they um i don't blame them i mean we're pretty incredible <laughs> But well, at well. the same and, and you know, time. it's also incredible. Um, the person you've got doing, let's put it back up on the screen, who does the artist that does your your pictures. The, I don't have the one you did of me, but it's superb. But I, I need to meet this person. I need to commission a few portraits because uh, you're not only incredible, but the person who does the pictures for you is also incredible. We're being red-pilled <laughs> mercilessly by our guests, Adriana Cortez and Patrick Corelci of Red-Pilled America. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First One-on-One -on -one, coming to you from the Relief factor.com studios if you are suffering from daily pain or if you know somebody who's suffering from daily pain it changes everything my, my mother suffered for 25 30 years from everyday serious pain and i saw what it did to her and how it affected how she related to everything it's not good if you've tried and failed to liberate yourself from everyday pain or have a loved one in that situation please do what i did five years ago I took Relief Factor for a low back pain issue that had plagued me for nine years, almost a decade. Two weeks later, I was pain-free, and I'm still pain-free, as I said, almost five years later. More than a million Americans have joined me. I think you should be one of them. Find out today if it could work for you. It's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. It'll be at your door in three days or less. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee by the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you, like it works for me and over a million of your fellow Americans. Ask yourself one question, what do I have to lose? And if the only answer to that question is the pain, you know what to do. Call 1-800-4-RELIEF or go to relieffactor.com. That's 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com. Go today. 
Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. We have, oh my gosh, 50 weeks left until the election. We've got to be fighting fit. Are you ready? Are you carrying around a little bit of excess luggage like I was for 20 years? Look, I could get away with it. I'm six foot three, but 268 pounds, that's not good. I'd lost weight, I'd put it back on, I'd given up. Until I met Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team at my PhD weight loss, who helped me lose 42 pounds in just a matter of months. And not just me, my muse Katie lost 36 and she's ecstatic. When your wife says, I need a whole new wardrobe because everything's too big for me, you're a happy man. And as they say, happy wife happy life. If I can do it, anyone can. Find out for yourself. Call Dr. Ashley's team on 864-644-1900 or just go to myphdweightloss.com. You know I've got a wicked sweet tooth and I did it. 864-644-1900. Just the before and after pictures at myphdweightloss.com will tell you everything you need to go do, uh, everything you need to know. Go today. Okay, I've got to burn through so many of these questions. Okay, uh, what do we do next? Oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Um, it's, you're very kind to me. You've, you've flattered me. You did this amazing episode on me, my father. And people say, how do you do what you do? You know, fighting the lunatics. And I say, well, it's easy. I don't have scars on my body from where the secret police tortured me like my dad did. Uh, so bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. If I wasn't fighting, I'd be ashamed of myself after what my, my mother, my father, my grandfather, my grandmother went through. So I have no excuse. What's your excuse? Because you guys are so brave and courageous. So why do you do what you do? How do you have your commitment to the truth? Because it's so incredibly rare, my friends. You know, we, we have a daughter, and she, she, is our, she is our why. She truly, truly is. And we, we want a better America for her. And we were in the situation where we were living and working in Hollywood, and we did not like the content that was being put out by them. So we decided that we wanted to put out content that promoted family values and and put God first and our country first. And so really, that's why we do it. Yeah, I and I think as far as like being able, because it does take a certain kind of um, individual to be able to kind of stand out around uh, people that are constantly kind of condemning, especially our culture is so, you know, skewed to the left in regards to the media and Hollywood and and everything they put out. For me personally, I grew up in an all black neighborhood and I was 
fine. You know, I, I was just one of the other guys until at one moment uh, I became I went from Patrick to a racial slur that rhymes with donkey. And I was stunned by this kind of turn of events. What, and what, so what, I, age, what age did that happen? That happened around eight years old, nine years old or so. Oh, so you were young. Years. Yeah. Yeah, it was a couple years after uh, The Roots came out. And yeah. I kind of, I spoke to a lot of, I kind of did some you know, self-plumbing over the years, especially through this show. That's the beauty of this show is you get to kind of plumb your life. And I kind of looked back at that time and I, it, it kind of we became hermits to a certain degree. Our houses were getting constantly robbed. We get targeted because we were white and what have you. And there comes a point when you kind of live through something like that, you become a little bit less. Uh, what people think about you doesn't stick as much. Yeah. And you don't have as much fear, and you become kind of a little bit self kind of proficient. And I think that 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 period of time it was you know i lived there from five to about 14 years old uh it, it was kind of a a boot camp for me i would I, I would say and it took me years to kind of realize that like i think i was asked once you know how can you talk out you know in hollywood the way that you you spoke i mean 2009 when we did that story about the national endowment for the arts and and we were i mean very high, highly regarded within within hollywood we were you had big budgets and we were spending money you know in with certain celebrities it was just at the time I, obama just was rubbing me the wrong way and i felt like if you don't speak out you got to you're going to you know face it later but and the thing I is kind of you, you didn't just back push back time. over the the dominant left wing narrative and and cultural control how hard was it for you because i think you're the only people or you're the ones who started it after a left wing article started it how hard was it for you to do an episode saying you know uh, sound of freedom massively successful thing about child trafficking uh, tim ballard's story doesn't uh, add up and his organization has disowned him how hard a decision was it for you to say uh, you know what now the conservatives are going to hate us too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't think we thought about it that much. We sort of just, uh, we did what we call the RPA Culture Club, which is just Patrick and I sitting down, having a conversation to the audience, and we had just gone to see Sound of Freedom. And so we started to just to talk about it naturally amongst ourselves, and, and that's what came out. But I think we're naturally not, not afraid to talk about things that go against the grain. You know, and I also feel like there's these kinds of, you who are you hardest on in life? You're kind of hardest on the people that you love the yeah, most, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're at a store and your kid is kind of acting up, but then you see someone else's kid acting up, I mean, you kind of take care of your own and you're kind of very focused on them and you want to make sure that you raise them right. And I'm not saying that we're like, you know, father figures or anything, but there's a certain love for your family uh, in a way that you might not have so much for, for you know, people that aren't your family. Right. And so when we see something, when we saw something, like this for me, I I felt like, you know, I, I definitely felt like it could take us down a path that was going to be a little bit perilous. But at the same time, I felt like, you know, if you have a love for your family, you have to stand up. And even if it makes you kind of unpopular for a minute, uh, you still got to You have to do it. I mean, any good parent, any good father that's raising a kid knows that you kind of 
when you see them doing something wrong, you got to kind of stand out, especially if it's something that you purview that you ha that you have knowledge of. And so I think that was kind of for me how I wrapped my brain around it. And I feel for for you know people that uh, that are really kind of you know f obviously we we value children and we want to save children and our show was launched basically i have a scalp we have a scalp mm -hmm. we took out a guy that was that was getting in bed with other people's kids and it, it cost us dearly it, yeah. we ended up having to to move because of it and so we cannot be uh, called uh, you know, uh, pedophile enablers for for pointing out that someone's story isn't completely adding up. And so we did this long form, this l many part series yeah. looking into the story. And I think that at the end of the day, what we found has been vindicated by, you know, at least in the in the in the short term uh, has been uh, validated. And I think at, at the end of the day, we just want our main search is for the truth. Right. That's really where we have our tribe. Um, everybody, you know, everyone has their tribe. That's okay. That's fine. But at the end of the day, we want, if you really want to solve solutions and you want to be closer to God, you, the truth is what is, what brings us closer to God and, and creates stability and, and creates a healthy environment. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, our, kind of our motto. And uh, if you want to get a peek behind the curtain of those discussions, the uh, the Red Pill Culture Club, I think that's an added benefit to subscribing to their amazing podcast. You can listen to those uh, added additional content uh, items at redpilledamerica.com. Subscribe today. And to the point you've mentioned twice now, I'm just going to send a little message out to my buddies who have the best foreign podcasts, um, KK and FF. There's no such thing as not being in a tribe. If you believe in truth, you're already in a tribe. So get over yourselves. You know what tribe you're in. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This is America First, coming to you from the ReliefFactor.com studios, just outside this insalubrious, fetid, rank, malodorous, noisome swamp that is Washington, D.C. Relief Factor, it's real, it works, it's liberating over a million Americans from their daily pain, me included. But it's not just me. It's people like Debron from Massachusetts. Listen to Debron's story. I just started taking Relief Factor four days ago. My hip pain is gone. I had a horrible time because of the pain. I couldn't sleep. I absolutely love how I'm feeling now. Thank you, Relief Factor. That should be your story. That could be your story. Find out today. There's only one way, but it's super easy. Order the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com. Take it morning and evening like I do, and I promise you, Dr. G's guarantee. By the end of those three weeks, you will know whether it works for you like it works for me, Debron, and over a million of your fellow Americans. Call today. You know it makes sense. 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. Write the number down, 1-800-473-5433, relieffactor.com. On this, MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell wants to thank you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. You will receive a queen-size MyPillow for just $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more for a king-size. You will receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square, and use promo code GORKA to receive this amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, or call 800 829 
0.0468. This offer comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. It's time to start getting the quality sleep you deserve. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code G-O-R-K-A, or call 800-829-8468 today. MyPillow.com, code Gorka. Um, I'm running out of time. I've got two big questions I'm going to ask, um, uh, but I could do this for hours, and hopefully we'll, we'll get you back. First things first, can you, can you give me some kind of grip on what's happened to popular culture in terms of I, I look at the, the shows that stream, the ones that are super successful, from Breaking Bad to uh, Game of Thrones – and they make me want to vomit. I mean, I, I literally cannot watch a full episode. You know, the, the first, you know, after the second infanticide in the first episode of Game of Thrones, I'm like, dude, I, I'm out of here, okay? Or the t- second rape scene or the guy cooking up the meth. I'm like, I'm not interested in this. What are they celebrating? Is it just so easy that we slough it off and say, well, they're just godless and they're hedonists? Or is there a, a better way to understand what they're peddling? Want to go for that one? No, good. Um, I think that it is a deconstruction of our, our society. We were just watching something recently. What was the name of that show? It was, uh, on it was Netflix. called, I believe, the, the Fall of the House of Usher. Yes. Yeah. It's based on an uh, Edgar Allan Ed, Ed, Ed Poe, Poe yeah, yeah. Um, short, yes. Yeah, and it's it's shot well, and it's kind of interesting, and you kind of it pulls you in, and then you get in, uh, you know, maybe you're halfway in the episode, and it's you know one gay character after another. I mean, right. it's like literally every character in it is gay, and it, that's not how life is, unless you're like in a, <laughs> you know, in Santa Monica. I mean, that's just not how life mm-hmm. is, and, and it kind of pulls you out. Like, listen, we we're storytellers. We understand that. As long as something doesn't pull you out of a story, then it's uh, then it's fine. We went and saw Les Mis recently, mm-hmm. and it had an Asian character for um, uh, one of the kind of big, big characters. It had a black character for Cosette. Oh, and I've, I've first, seen that production. I've seen that production. It was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and at first we were kind of like, oh, take, you're taking me out of this story. Like, this is France in like, you know. But I have to say that they had talent and they delivered. And it took me – I was taken out of the story briefly, but then I was pulled back in. I do think that there is at times, if I'm being honest, some good intentions in regards to like wanting to bring in people that maybe uh, haven't had representation within certain kinds of communities. I get that. But I do think that there is also a very big contingency um, of people that really – hate America. Yeah. They want it to be different. They don't, um, they, they are victims. Um, and they've set up a system in such a way that has made it so that they're constantly pumping this stuff out. And it, you, and it really starts in theater. It really starts in, um, in American theater. And we've experienced that we, our daughter has gone to, to theater competitions and, uh, ends up, they end up peddling this stuff to them at a very, very young age. Yeah. And, and then from there, it filters out anybody that can't take that. And then it starts mm-hmm. to carry on the ones that can take it. And they end up being the ones that infiltrate all of the TV shows and, and, what and, and sometimes it's just so stinkingly blatant. I mean, Ted Lasso, which of course, you know, the main character is made fun of as the, the useless dad, whatever. But the sexiest person in the show in season three has to become a lesbian. And you go, 
It's like, mm. guys, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like hammer on the head. I mean, really. I mean, you had a funny show. It was well written. But this is so transparent. It's so obvious. Okay. Um, you mentioned how popular. So I'm going to make a mea culpa now. I'm going to make a confession. When I heard my wife said, you've got to listen to that latest episode right now. It's this amazing personal story of Adriana. And I thought, but I like the stuff they do, the deep research about historic stuff. Do I really want to know about the hosts of the show? Because I, I always cringe when people want to know about me, okay? And I listened to this episode, and it is, yeah, it's the most powerful episode I've heard you produce. It's about the really dangerous health situation your wife was in. Then what happened concurrently to your brother, what happened to you in your business? Uh, and I just want to play a little clip from the end of it. Uh, this is the conclusion for the episode Tested. We tell you this story because if you two are going through a rough patch and it feels like the ceiling is caving in, like your world is coming to an end, please realize that you are being tested. As bad as the moment may seem, you are blessed to have what you have. Find solace in that undeniable fact. Don't let the despair take you out. You have the strength within you to pass the test. Look around you and hug everyone a little harder. Tell them you love them and apologize for the mistakes you may have made in this short but fantastic journey we call life. And now I want to take my own advice. Adriana, we've been through so much, and I'm blessed to have gone through it all with you by my side. I'm sorry I didn't see your fatigue for what it was. I promise I'll never make that mistake again. I love you, honey. I have to ask you, what was the... Re first, was it difficult the first time you made that episode to, like, completely open the kimono like that for both of you? Yes. Very. I was a little bit resistant to to actually doing the episode to, to begin with. It was obviously very, very personal. Um, it was, without a doubt, the worst time of, of my life. Um, so I was a little resistant. But at the end of the day, it ended up being so cathartic and, and such a good thing to do. And, and the audience responded so, so strongly. And we got so many messages from listeners just thanking us for for sharing our story and, and really for the message at the end. Yeah, I think if, you know, now going back in, to your earlier question, which one kind of had a public impact, I would say that was definitely one of the ones at the very top. We got people that said that, you know, that they have they're going through something at that time. And and, you know, words of suicide kind of were thrown out there and and that they hearing that kind of helped them get through the, the moment that they were getting into. And, you know, I think that it's one of those things and for us. It was super cathartic because I think that there was still some residual resentment um, over uh, my uh, maybe not taking the situation as seriously as it ended up being. Uh, early on. And so we were able to work through that. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it, it's just I think that it's it's moments like that when we produce a show like that, that really kind of is touching because and it's and it's it, it brings us closer together. I, I have to say it in the weirdest way. The show has made us even a stronger uh, couple than I think we would have had than we would be without it. 
Yeah. You know, so often there's been all of these little things. I have to I'll be honest, we got in a big fight just producing that show because it brought out some of those things. It's almost like you're sitting in therapy and you're talking to a therapist, but instead of just talking to one person in a room, you're you're talking well, and, to and, and you know, your cheaper. entire audience. And it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 I have exactly. to say, I, halfway through this episode, you turned to your wife and the way you looked at Adriana is the way all husbands should look at their wives. I just, if you're listening to this on radio, um, you need to find us on Rumble. You need to go to Twitter because we post the third hour on Twitter, the video, and you need to go back and watch this and watch how Patrick Corelci looks at his wife, Adriana, because that's how you look at your eternal love. Okay, last question. What message do you have for those out there who have trouble standing up for the truth publicly? Um, my message to them would be that the truth will always, always come out, no matter what. And you you know what the truth is. And it takes courage to to be the first one to do it. But I highly encourage people to do it because in the end, you will get so much more respect and be and feel rewarded by by doing the right thing yeah don't be afraid don't be afraid it's really i mean uh, you're talking to people that and and sebastian you can relate with this you you take the some arrows and and you come out stronger from it and this is what life is about i mean life is not about just going to work nine to five and just coming home and just being beaten down by the environment around you i mean it's about fighting you got to do it with a smile on your face enjoy it uh, it's about living. You know, you have a legacy that you're going to be leave behind, and you want to make sure that we leave a better America uh, for our children and for future generations. And that doesn't happen when you're quiet. It doesn't happen when you're si- sitting down and sitting quiet yeah. and being silent. You have to speak out. Don't be afraid. Uh, it's it's there's no reason to be afraid. Fear is is not something that you should let into your heart. Mm-hmm. Things that are worth it are things that one must fight for. Well, we salute you on the fifth anniversary of Red Pilled America. We wish you another 25 years or more of unbridled success. The website is redpilledamerica.com. Follow them on social media, redpilled underscore USA. Adriana Cortez, Patrick Corelci, we admire you and we give you all the wind for yourselves so you continue doing what you do. You've been listening to America First one-on-one with our very special anniversary guests. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, keep your head on a swivel, watch your six, hold the line, never give up, never give in, and stay frosty. brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people...
This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Greetings, blessings, dear friends. Uh, It's a beautiful sight to see as I sit here in Tampa, Florida, in the studios of AM 930, AM 860, and FM 93.7 to see on the screens, on the cable news, the huge crowds in Washington, D.C., standing out for what? For Judeo-Christian civilization, finally, after five weeks after the slaughter of the innocents in Israel. It's about time. What else can we do about it? Let's connect through the wonders of technology to a man who, as a cradle Catholic, I call my rabbi, the one, the only, the irrepressible Dennis Prager. Dennis, welcome. I love that. Why don't you say you're a cradle Catholic who calls me your... My irrepressible rabbi, the one, the only, Dennis Prager. Yeah, that was really sweet. Will, will you explain before we get to, to the meat rabbi. of what, what, what we want to discuss here, where you are right now and where I am? Will you explain to our listeners? Yeah, we're about 40 feet from one another. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's correct. Because we're both doing this event in Tampa, and people should go to theanswertampa.com. We're in this area and see us, along with Mike Gallagher. It should be a terrific night. Oh, do they have to let Mike in? I thought it was just going to be the two of us. Well, I didn't know you were going to say that publicly. <laughs> Oops, sorry. Are we on air? Uh, we had an amazing <laughs> cigar night yesterday in Sarasota with one of our superb sponsors. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, Todd Saylor. Tonight we're going to be with that chap Gallagher and also Dennis. But first things first, let's, let's talk about what you've been discussing. I've been listening in to you down the corridor this, uh, this, uh, this day as I was preparing for this show. And um, I bought a piece of property, or my wife rather did, about three years ago from an amazing guy, a former military intelligence officer in the, in the American army, who's a Christian, which kind of confused me because as we took uh, possession of, of this lovely piece of property, I saw this little metal thing, this little silver decorative mm. item nailed huh. to the door of, of the house. And I thought, but hang on, Victor, you're Christian. He says, Oh, yes, but this is a Judeo-Christian civilization, and that was a mezuzah. Would you explain what that thing was and why you've written an article about them? In Deuteronomy, so we're talking about uh, uh, at least 3,000 years ago, God slash Moses instructs, not that Moses is God, but you can either attribute it to God or Moses or both. We are instructed, the we being those who follow uh, the, the Torah, which includes a fair number of Christians in many ways, but certainly Jews who are observant, that you are supposed to put verses of the of Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Torah, in a scroll and place it, the scroll in a little box on the doorpost. Mezuzah literally means doorpost, but it's come to mean the little box that's on the doorpost. So that you will know that God's presence is there when you walk in and when you walk out of your home. And inside is the verse, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. One of the most powerful verses for Christians as well as for Jews. And it begins with, hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, or the Lord is one, depending on how one translates it. So this has been true and defined a Jewish home for 3,000 years. And I, uh, I have developed the idea that given for the first time in my life, I think the first time in American history, 
Jews are afraid in America, and that's a very sad thing for me to say as a Jew and as an, an American, but it is, it, is, it is unfortunately not invalid. I mean, uh, just yesterday I had uh, a, an author on who's a Jew in New York, and he said his kids go to a Jewish day school uh, where a, a policemen escort the kids into the class. I, 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 this is New York City. Dennis, I, I'm hearing I'm hearing this um, incessantly in the last four weeks that this is the wake up call. This is when Rip Van Winkle. This is when the secular Jews wake up and they realize where the the hatred of the Jewish people truly resides institutionally in America. And I don't know. I don't know if the slaughter of the innocents on October seventh is going to make a difference. Am, am I being too hard bitten, too cynical, Dennis? I actually wrote about this in my column a couple of weeks ago, uh, that many Jews are feeling betrayed by the left. And I just listed all of the, not all, many of the leftist positions and, and said, wait a minute, you didn't feel betrayed when they said this or this or this or this? Now you finally feel betrayed? Good. I hope that's true. But I ended it by saying I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, the uh, it, it may affect some. Look, my disappointment in many of my fellow American Jews is deep, but it doesn't matter. Uh, that that's that's what it is. I mean, as I say to Christians, I say to Protestants and Catholics, I have a motto: I don't care what religion you're in, as long as you're not embarrassed by it. <laughs> I mean, right. when we, when we think of many of you know, you, you you're a Catholic. I I, I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I have to believe you at least struggle with many of the positions of your pope. Uh, so it, it, the, the existence of people who are co-religionists uh, who are disappointments is just something every one of us has to grapple with. But I will say Jews who believe the Torah is from God tend to be conservative. So that is a dividing line within, within Jewish life. So but talk anyway, to us about what, what, yeah, what you are right. recommending. So my appeal in- is... Yeah, My appeal is that everybody do what they did in Billings, Montana in 1993 when a, an anti-Semite threw a brick through a window of a Jewish doctor who lived in Billings who had a menorah there for Hanukkah. They all put up Hanukkah menorahs. It's a very powerful story. Or the great story of the, of the American uh, uh, army, uh, the, man, the highest ranking man in the POW camp of the Nazis, the Nazi commander of the POW camp said, tomorrow all, the, all your Jewish soldiers have to step forward. And every single soldier stepped forward. And with a gun to his head, he said to the, to, to the, the Nazi commander of the camp, we're all Jews. Yeah. And nobody's asking anybody to risk their life. But putting up a mezuzah on, on your doorpost is is about as beautiful an act as you can do today and it, it will redeem the country it's it, yes of course it's it's wonderful for jews but it's just as wonderful for america but but is it enough uh, do we need not something more powerful that we wear with us i i saw uh, that incredible imagery we used it on my newsmax show of the ambassador to the u.n from israel pinning a yellow star on his suit and getting all of his staff to do the same thing. Is there something not more than something static on our buildings, or will that be the next phase or your next article? Mm. 
Well, um, I I tend to be realistic in in my fight for what I believe is good. I think that asking people to wear the symbol of, of Nazi anti-Semitism uh, on their clothing is a bit is a bit much right now, and and so I uh, I think a lot of people would take it as as somewhat of a uh, of an overkill response. I think the transformation, if enough millions did the mezuzah, or or for that matter, wore a, yesterday. I, I won't even say which airline. But we, we, we only I have boarded, a minute left. What, what happened I yesterday, I boarded Dennis? my plane. I boarded my plane. The woman at the gate working for the airline knew who I was, and she lifted her scarf of the airline, and she showed me a pin with an American and Israeli flag. There are many, many ways, many ways. to do let's, this. But- let's start with this one. Let's start with that uh, blessing for the house, with that key phrase from the Old Testament. Talking of which, this is the man who's written the exegetical analysis, the rational Bible. Please follow him at Dennis Prager and support PragerU, Prager University. I'm Sebastian Gorka. We've only just begun, and we have an incredible show today with people from the march as well, Lord Conrad Black, and so much more. This is America First. Please subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back in a moment. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.